Hello. You're on with Nick and Fiona. The toll that this has taken on everybody, I can't even describe it. Welcome to The Playlist, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time. I'm Fiona Williams, and today I have a very special episode for you. To state the obvious, you're a podcast listener. You may well have listened to other podcasts in your time, and you may know of a little podcast called Serial from a couple of years ago, which brought to light the case of the murder of Haymin Lee and the conviction of her ex-high school boyfriend, Adnan Syed. The events covered in Serial are now the focus of a new true crime documentary series, which is premiering on SBS Australia and SBS On Demand this Sunday, April 7 at 8.30. And I'm joined today by the director of The Case Against Adnan Syed, Amy Berg, who you would know from other true crime investigations, such as West of Memphis, which looked at the miscarriage of justice against the West Memphis Three, three teenagers who were tried and convicted in the 90s of the murder of three boys in Arkansas. Also, she was nominated for an Oscar for Deliver Us From Evil, which was an investigation of child abuse in the church, and An Open Secret, an investigation of child abuse in Hollywood. So you don't need to have listened to Serial to watch The Case Against Adnan Syed, but if you did, if you were one of the millions who did, it's really interesting seeing the people whose stories were so prominent within that series. And it looks at the impact of Serial upon them, but also follows a timeline since that podcast wrapped up a few years ago. So there's some new evidence, there's some DNA that was definitely overlooked in the earlier trial. So it's really fascinating and you do see the toll that this 20-year case and all of the convictions and appeals have had on everyone in Baltimore who was drawn into this tragic event and its aftermath. 18-year-old Heyman Lee disappeared on January 13th. Suspect is Adnan Musad Syed. Adnan Syed's story has captivated millions since the launch of the podcast Serial. This is a piece of evidence that nobody even realized existed. I want you to look into my eyes and tell me of your innocence. Adnan Syed heads back to court as questions continue to surface. So now let's hear from director Amy Berg. Amy, thanks for joining us. Hi there, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the playlist. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. And congratulations on the series. It's quite a feat. I guess an obvious place to start is what made you want to revisit this very high-profile case? Well, I had listened to the podcast a little bit late. It was in the summer of 2015, and I was compelled by the case. I hadn't really wanted to get back into true crime after West of Memphis because it takes so much out of you, Mm -hmm. but there was something about this case that just kind of got me really infuriated, I guess, because there were so little, but, you know, so much to dig into. So when I got a call from a a company out of the UK, Working Title Productions, Jemima Khan and Henrietta Conrad offered me to do a series on this case. And I was just, it was just great timing. And obviously as a filmmaker, it's interesting to, you know, to visualize things that you have in your mind in a certain way. So I jumped in um, and wanted to know more. You sure did. Um, so how did you approach it so that it wouldn't become a podcast with pictures, so it would be its own um, piece of work? Well, first of all, I really wanted to know more about Hay because there wasn't that much about Hay in the podcast. Mm. And I had access to her journals from the beginning. So I wanted to just start with 
telling the high school story, but more through Hay's voice. And then I was also documenting the real live case unfoldings as they were happening. So I had a lot of material already within the first year of the PCR hearing and the family. And so I just kind of went about my journey as if I was making a film and then figured out the series as we were going kind of because you have to know that you have a full story before you can kind of break it down and for episodic. Yep, for sure. Um, And as you say, I mean, you brought it up yourself. So when you venture into this territory with the potential miscarriage of justice, there's always a very real risk that the murder victim is actually lost in in what is essentially their own story and that appears to be very much the view of Hayes' family. Was this a concern for you and how did you find ways to weave her in, to, to bring her alive within the program? Um, I had gone back and forth trying to figure out the right way to bring her to life. And initially we thought about doing just like visual depictions, but I had seen a film that really moved me called Diary of a Teenage Girl mm. recently. And I loved the way the animations and kind of the story blended. And so I reached out to the woman who did those animations and found a sensitive way in to tell Hay's story. And I consulted with people that Hay knew really well to make sure that we were getting it right in terms of the tone and the look. And I wasn't sure. I mean, that it was risky, definitely risky to, to tell a young girl who is no longer with us her story through her journal and mm-hmm. animations. But the sensitivity of, you know, the women that were creating this, I think, really helped to make sure that it was done properly. Yeah, for sure. And can we talk about Rabia Chaudhry? I mean, you know, everyone needs an, a friend like Rabia and an ally. Um, uh-huh. She's credited as having a role in the documentary. Can we talk about how you work together and, and how she aided your research and, and the film itself? Yeah, I mean, I have to clarify that because she def- she was given a credit on the film, but I was very clear with her and with my producers from the beginning that I needed to do my own investigation and, you know, investigating Ednan was part of what we did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was there to find the truth. And so she gave us access to the family and to Ednan and she was writing a book at the time. So that, that was what she brought And the case files, of course, you know, were given to us by Rabia. But in terms of actually crafting the story, she was at an arm's length until the very end, to be honest, until sure. the promotion side of it. So... So she trusted us, which was great. Sure. And I get that was sort of a follow-up with having a close involvement with her, you know, leaves you open to criticism of about impartiality and whatnot. Yeah, so I guess you would have been very conscious of approaching it independently mm-hmm. to a side. Um, yeah, because, I mean, obviously it feels like a wrongful conviction just based on the evidence that was presented in the original trial, but you still have to do a thorough investigation. You don't know what the police may have covered up or what, you know, what you might find out by knocking on some doors. So we wanted to be open to wherever it went. Mm. And so on that, when you're approaching people for interview and certainly, you know, the same people who were interviewed for Serial, you can sort of see some people are reluctant to revisit that. I'm, you know, thinking of Jen Pusateri, for instance. How how did you convince them? She actually wasn't, she didn't participate in Serial. So she was just resistant in general to talk about the story. Sure. Yeah. So um, when you're meeting that kind of resistance, how do, how do you come at that? Well, fortunately, there was not a rush to get this film done. So I had time with Jen because it did not happen easily. And it took years to get her 
trust and she was, you know, in and out of communication with me. So, um, which was the case with, you know, a number of people. There, there was definitely a litmus test and there was, a, you know, a period of time that needed to be, the trust needed to be established for sure. And for those who were interviewed for Serial, certainly Hay and Adnan's friends like to say things on camera as well now. I mean, is, does that bring an, a reluctance on anyone's part to, to be filmed rather than maybe with audio people are less inclined to be resistant? I don't know. I'm, I'm projecting here. <laughs> but did, yeah, did, no, did, I hear what you're saying yeah. and I, it's a good question. It's just that in this particular story, there were so many different experiences that they and they all reflect, like, for example, Asia McLean, who literally did not want to participate in this film until the very last minute because mm-hmm. of her experiences with her story and what happened to her online after Serial. Yeah. Um, she didn't know what a podcast was because it, a podcast, you know, nobody really knew what a podcast was back when Sarah was first speaking to them. So she just thought she was participating in an interview for somebody's article. And then she became you know, one of the most hated people by many people on Twitter. And she had to like, she had to fend off all of this hatred. So for her, it was very difficult for her to trust anybody. And then other people were more forthcoming because they just wanted to get the story out there, like Krista Remmers. So it just, it was different with every single person. But the most, you know, the most difficult people in terms of how much time we spent trying to talk to them on camera were Aisha Asia and Jennifer Pusateri, for sure. And, of course, you have several conversations with Adnan himself. Um, How long did you have to speak to him, like sort of over a timeline, I mean? And what was your relationship like in asking him, you know, in having these conversations with him? Well, when he would call me, we would have about 30 minutes to talk. Um, That's how long, I guess, the time card lasts on the outgoing calls. And this went on for the entire time while I was making the film, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. What was our relationship like? I mean, you know, sometimes it was just a straight, you know, I need to get these things answered and, you know, we would go through certain story points and then other times, you know, it was more exploratory, but he's very consistent, very thoughtful, but he didn't change his story. You know, it just, it never changed in all these years that I've been talking to him. So I think there's something to that for sure. Mm. And, of course, you have an interview with Jay, the, the mysterious Jay, off-camera and off-audio, of course. But what did you bring to that conversation? Sort of what was your impression of, of him and certainly his changing stories over the years? I mean, you know, in terms of Jay, I think I really felt like he – we aligned on the fact that he felt like he had been wronged by the system and that this case and this story has ruined his life and he can't go back to Baltimore and – there's a lot of that in our discussions, but you know, it is a little troublesome if a person saw a dead body, you know, at age 18 or 19, that he can never repeat the same place that he saw it. And that was something that kind of, I would, I would have liked to meet him in person to see his expressions when he was answering those questions. It's really difficult to know over the phone, but he, he definitely flies off the handle a lot and, he feels wronged by the media and by the state of Maryland and by the police in Baltimore. So, I mean, I think he feels kind of like a person that was not looked after properly. Right. And of course, you bring the case to the present day by introducing the private investigators to the story and, you know, going on this journey, this kind of investigation with soil samples and and that kind of level of detail. What was that sort of journey like? And sort of tell us about the discoveries that 
come up in in the documentary as much as you care to, given it's still airing in Australia. But um, that kind of introducing new elements and for you to witness this all unfolding as well. What, what was that kind of like for you? Yeah, it was it was interesting and frustrating at the same time. I sure. mean, we, there were a lot of things we investigated for months and months, and it got to the point where we couldn't spend the money on documenting every single day of these investigations because then you have to pay for a crew and travel and all of that stuff. So we kind of had to leave a lot of things in the hands of the PIs as they were calling hundreds of people to see if anyone knew about the Crime Stoppers tip or all the LensCrafters employees or the helicopter search and all the different kind of avenues that we went down for the first couple of years that didn't even end up in the film because they were dead ends. You know, mm. we could get as far as possible, but if no one will agree to be interviewed, then it's really hard to tell that story. So that was frustrating often, but it's just, unfortunately, this is the case when there's an investigation that only includes one person as a suspect. You just don't get the wealth of resources to really widen the scope. And that's the tragedy of this case and many cases like this, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, of course. And how did you know when the show was finished? <laughs> sort of, I mean, you know, for Adnan, it, it goes on, alas, but how did you know at what point to to end it? I mean, there's been real-time updates even as the show's been going to air well, we, in, in the US, isn't it? Yeah, it's tricky because we had put this kind of production on hiatus waiting for trials and working on investigations as we were continuing to do our research. And um, when there was so much momentum, you know, when he won the PCR hearing and then he won his special, his court of appeals hearing, it felt like there was going to be a resolve soon, either a deal or at your, a trial. And so we, we kind of had to follow that path because, you know, HBO definitely wanted to get this on the air and it, it had been a good three years at that point. So, the news that is very public now that Adnan is not getting a new trial kind of blindsided everybody because mm-hmm. it was released only two days before the first episode aired. So I don't know. It definitely changed the aftermath of the show airing, and I don't know that I'm done with this now because clearly there's a lot more developments that will happen on, in this case. So that was a really long and rambling way to say that no. I, I don't know if we're done yet. You know, it, it was a really strange turn at the end. It just didn't seem like that would happen. That yeah. They would just, you know, get rid of ev- all the progress with one ruling. So um, anyway, that's a bit of a downer. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, on a lot of levels. Yeah. And the personal toll on everyone involved, including Hayes family who are represented in the film, you know, they're not there personally, but the personal toll on everyone involved in this very sorry business uh, yeah. comes through very strongly, especially with Adnan's mum. How is she doing? And when you finished it, did you give it to the family to view or did they watch it as as, as it all went out? We offered the film to the family. She watched all the episodes. She wanted to watch them as they were coming out, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. The toll that this has taken on everybody, I, you know, I can't even describe it because I, it's, Adnan and his family are so used to setbacks. So for them, it seems less severe than what you might expect. But, you know, for Rabia, obviously, it's just devastating because of all the work that she put into the case and assumed that things were going a different way. So it's just, it's really exhausting to be around 
this kind of energy for everyone, I think, when, when it just seems quite obvious that all that is required is a new trial to get, you know, if, if there is evidence against it, non, then bring it out and let's see it and let's, you know, put this thing to bed. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there is a very active and mobilised audience who feel incredibly invested in this and have, everyone's got an opinion. I'm curious when you, um, you know, you mentioned doing West of Memphis, another very high profile case that you investigated again. Did you see similarities in in the films you were making, but also in, in the situations? Like, did you learn from having made that to help navigate you in making this one? Did you see any parallels? Yeah, I mean, West of Memphis was a great experience on so many levels. Um, most obvious, the ending and just being able to see that all the way through. But also, you know, working with Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh was incredible in that they are probably the best investigators I've ever met. So I, I had a lot of great experience of just, you know, the kind of obsessive investigation of every little detail. Similarities in the cases that I, you know, they were both heavily influenced by racism. And, you know, one was satanic and one was Islamophobia. And I mean, those are things that really do slant the perspective of the people investigating. So that I think played a, a strong part in both of these cases. And I think that's one of the things that, that really drew me to the Adnan case was I did get a strong sense that there was kind of a racial aspect to this being that you had a Korean victim, a Pakistani perpetrator, and then his friend was an African-American drug dealer on the street. It just, it seemed like there was something kind of awry once we started to dig into like the racial context of Baltimore at the time. Yeah, and I mean, some of that footage of language being used in the case is jaw-dropping. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, everyone has an opinion. Where do you land on it? Yeah, what's, what's, your, what's your take on the case? I mean, you know, as any other case, I think that having physical evidence to prove statements is crucial. So the, I, I haven't seen anything that scientifically links Adnan to this case, and it's very risky to, to weight everything on a person's statements, that, especially a person that's changed their statements so many times. So it's difficult to even cast a judgment. I would like to see a fair trial, just like everybody else, because not only do I think that it would probably exonerate Adnan, but it would also potentially lead to like the real killer. So you know, that is the, the goal, I think, for any kind of case like this. Mm. And for you in your career, sort of where does this inclination to tell crime stories, I know that's not all you do, but, you know, you're doing quite some quite significant ones, um, and to investigate apparent miscarriages of justice, where does that come from? What sort of drives you to want to, you know, delve into these harrowing worlds? I, I think it's just, I think it's part of who I am. I mean, I remember devouring the Nancy Drew series when I was a kid, and I've liked mysteries ever since. So I don't know. Like, I think there's something in me that just draws me to this kind of stuff. But, I, you know, I also just love exploring human issues and the gray area. And I think that this case has so many interesting layers to it that I wanted to explore that through film. Mm. And as you say, you're probably probably not done with this one just yet, unfortunately. Uh, last question. We, we like to ask our guests just to get a sense of what they've been watching lately, loving or hating, sort of what's been on your radar of late that you've, you've viewed. Okay, you're asking a person who literally just got out of the edit bay like a couple of days ago <laughs> to finish this film. So um, I 
I'm really, really excited about the next season of Killing Eve. I okay. just heard that's coming. So I love that show. It's so twisted. Mm. Um, and what else have I been watching? That's a great question. Are there any good Aussie series that I should watch? Oh, I, wow. I mean, I love Australian people um, and culture. I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, right. I. <laughs> Well, I'm just asking the questions, not answering them. Um, oh, I mean, <laughs> too many to mention. <laughs> That's my dodge. Um, a new one, yeah. Uh, oh, Safe Harbour. It's about um, some people on a boat trip that they come across a boatload of asylum seekers and tow them back to shore, but overnight the rope gets cut and it's sort of who cut the rope kind of a... Oh, wow. Yeah. Now that sounds interesting. I'll look it up. Well, look... Thank you so much. It's such a thrill to talk to you. And honestly, thank you. It, it's a really riveting series and, you know, for the best and worst reasons. Uh-huh. Yeah, congratulations. And yeah, I, I, if you do revisit the case, I really look forward to it. My One of my best friends lives in Sydney. So if it makes a cut, then just say hi to Alice and Riddell. I don't know if that'll make a cut. <laughs> we'll make sure it does. This one goes out to the puss. That's her nickname, Allison the puss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. It's like it's funny. It has to do with cats. It just has to do with cats. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. It <laughs> became our nickname for each other like 10 or 15 years ago, and it's still cool. So. Brilliant. All right. The best ones do. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank talk you. to you later. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right, look at me getting brownie points for uh, recommending our shows to international audiences there, Safe Harbour. So Amy Berg's series, The Case Against Adnan Syed, premieres on SBS Australia on Sunday, April 7 at 8.30pm and is available to stream afterwards at SBS On Demand. And it's a four-part series, so each new episode will drop every Sunday night. So that's it for our show. Uh, If you haven't already done so, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And while you're there, give us a rating or a review. Uh, It helps people find the show. If you want to get in touch, you can do so on Twitter or Facebook at SBS Movies. You can find me on Twitter at Anything But Fifi. And my regular co-host, Nick Bassine, you can find him too at Nick Bassine. He'll be back next week to tell you so himself. The playlist is produced by Jeremy Wilmot. Until next time, thanks for listening. 